Kisses, a podcast where we talk to musicians you love, talk about concerts, and answer your burning music questions. I am your host, Kevin Coffey, and in this episode, I'm talking to Kevin Martin, frontman of grunge rock band Candlebox. Candlebox is a band you know, and you know them from the grunge era, the scene spawning out of Seattle, Washington in the 1990s. Of course, you likely know the song Far Behind. That's definitely their biggest hit. Um... But the band's been releasing numerous albums over the decades. Candlebox, uh, along with only a few of their contemporaries from that era, you know, was in it for the long haul, survived a long time. Uh, They've made a ton of records. One of those few 90s era grunge bands still playing music, still playing shows, that stuff. Uh, That said, they have a brand new album out called The Long Goodbye, and they are considering it their final album. It was really cool to talk to Kevin, had such a great conversation. We got into a lot of stuff, including the Seattle scene, and really why he decided to make one last record. Really interesting conversation. I even asked if it would really be the last one. So real quick, I want to remind you that you can listen to the Pops and Hisses podcast to find music news, reviews, and interviews at popsandhisses.com. But now it's time to talk to Kevin from Candlebox. Let's get into it. Well, it's great to talk to you, so I really appreciate the time, man. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, just for starters, tell me, tell me about the long goodbye. Tell me about the record. I really want to know what, you know, how did you land on this album and what you're doing with it? Um, this is the eighth, eighth record for Candlebox. Yeah. yeah. Not the most prolific band. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, 30 years uh, is a long time to be making music and I should have probably 10 or 15 records out, but yeah, I think, you know, for us with, with this record, it was, we started discussing wrapping up Candlebox um, in 2021. And I just told the guys, I said, look, you know, I, I think that the debut comes out, you know, or, or came out 30 years ago in 2023. I think it's a really good time for me to kind of put this whole thing away. And how do you feel about it? And the guys are like, yeah, man, whatever you want to do, like it's, it's, it's your, it's your baby. Enjoy it. Do what you want. So we started talking about the record um, and what the concept was and, and, the process of making an album like this and I said there's there are no rules and I but I said but the one thing that I would ask is that the five of us write it together in in a studio and and that's what we did so we did two writing sessions um last year um one in Baltimore um for a week and one in Los Angeles for a week and um and what I find is is when you lock yourself in a studio like that because we live both of, you know, we're kind of split up. We're bi-coastal as a band. Right. So it makes it difficult to, you know, jump into a rehearsal studio and work for two or three months because we don't live in the same town. Mm-hmm. So what I find is when you force yourself into a position like that, the creativity that that is, um, uh, I, you're, you're almost forcing creativity. Um, uh, and, and with that is it, you're expecting everybody to, to be on their A game. And, and I, I found that it, it does work. Um, and so we, we got in the studio in the first day in Baltimore, we wrote punks. Um, we wrote Foxy and we wrote um, uh, nails on a chalkboard, like in the first day. Um, it's amazing. So, yeah. So we knew we were, you know, kind of, Oh, everybody's in the game now. And, and with that and the freedom of not having rules or, or direct, Oh, the song's got to follow this direction. We have to make this kind of album. It was like, we can make whatever record we want because this is our last album. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter if anybody likes it as long as we love it. And, and so that was, that was the main rule is, is if you love this and, and we're all in on it, let's make the song. And, and we did 18 songs over two writing sessions. I've never had more than 13 songs for an album. So it, it was very strange for me to be that creative with, with four of my best friends and yeah. the five of us, um, we really love this record. I mean, we, we listened to it on the bus, which is, 
you know, kind of weird to, as a group, yeah. you sit down and listen to your record, but no one does that. No one wants to listen to their own stuff, man. I know. And I think it's just because we're so proud of it. You know, it's, yeah. it's such an interesting record for us. I don't know if you've heard the whole thing, but it's, it's just, mm-hmm. it's so different. It's all over the place and, and there's a ton of piano on it. And, and I love piano and, and, um, and I, I wrote with different lyricists on this record, which is something I'd never done before. So I, I just was, I'm loving everything about it. Yeah, that is interesting. You talk about some of that stuff because I thought, you know, there could be a lot of pressure with like a last record, quote unquote, so to speak. But it sounds like you found it just really freeing, just really being able to do what you want. Completely. I mean, I I just you know, and listen, I Candlebox has done what we've wanted for the past thirty years, anyways. But you know, um, with this one, it was really like, I just want us to love this album, mm-hmm. and and that's all that matters. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, you were talking about just the different things on the record, which I really loved. I mean, it's got some slamming rock and stuff, but there's, you know, some bluesy riffs and like you said, the piano and it's just really, uh, it's an enjoyable trip. It's an eclectic album. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's you know, there's, there's, there's just so much kind of emotion um, in this record that um, I think comes from realizing that it's, it's the end of an era for, you know, five friends that, mm-hmm. um, that have really enjoyed playing together over the past few years. And, you know, I, I kind of wish that BJ Island, Brian and Adam were the original members of Candlebox because um, I think that we would have, we would have made a lot different. We would have made very different records back in the nineties if, right. if this was the band that I had had. Um, but, you know, the beauty of the original members, Barty, Scott, Pete, and myself was none of us knew one another we weren't friends prior to being in Candlebox. I knew Scott as a drummer, but I didn't know Pete and I didn't know Barty and, and mm-hmm. Barty didn't know Pete and Pete didn't know Scott, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we were very fortunate to have made a record that, you know, somehow gave us this 30 year career. Yeah. Um, but I, if I'd had Brian, Adam, BJ and, and Island, I think um, I probably would have put out 15 albums because it's very easy to write with these guys. And, yeah. um, and that's like, you know, to have 18 songs in, in, you know, basically in two weeks worth of writing, not that they're, you know, amazingly groundbreakingly beautiful Beatles tracks, but you know, they're pretty solid rock and roll songs. Um, was it just was a real treat. Yeah. Yeah. So I just dialing back to the decision to say, this is it. We're going to wrap this up in this way. Um, how'd you land on that? And is that, that feels like a really emotional decision Candlebox has been your life for 30 years, right? Like, so how'd you land on that? And where, where did that come from for you? Um, you know, it really, it happened during COVID. Um, when I was home with my wife and my son, I, I had just realized how much uh, I had missed. Um, you know, it, being a musician, being a touring musician is incredibly selfish. And, and it's a hard life because y- you do what you want to do based on what you're earning. And, and, you know, it's, uh, this is my job. This is how I make a living. And, but it takes me away from my family um, for long periods. Right. And, and that's just a, you know, that's not an easy thing. It's not an easy pill to swallow. And mm-hmm. being home for COVID, I, I just really fell in love with my family all over again. And I said, you know what, this is where I want to be. And, and I realized that music didn't mean as much to me as it, as it had prior Um you know, in, in my existence in the, you know, the 80s and 70s and 80s when I was growing up, 
um, it was everything to me. I'd lock myself in my room and, and right. you know, I'd listen to seven, eight, nine different albums and, and read every single lyric for every single song. And even writing, you know, in the 90s when we were writing um, the debut and Lucy and Happy Pills, um, that was, I would go to the studio and I would spend hours in the studio working on these. And then, you know, in 2007, when we did Into the Sun, it was the same thing. It was mm -hmm. just, I was so enamored with this process. And after COVID, I said, I just don't want to do that anymore. I, I, I'm not that person. And, um, and so that was the realization. It was time to put this away. And, and what better time than 30 years of the debut album? And, you know, it's a nice little bow, wrap it up and say goodbye. Yeah, it's a good, good way to do that. Have you... It, feel free to just be like, no way, man, I haven't thought about this at all. <laughs> but if you look to the future beyond, you know, you've got the album coming out, uh, well, tomorrow, which is great. And then uh, you guys have a tour going on and scheduled. Have you thought beyond that, like how long of a long goodbye will it be? Do you, have you thought at all about like, will I make more music as yourself or with a new band or, or any of that at all? Or to your point, if music is just not as big of a deal, do you know what the future holds at all? No, I do actually. I mean, I, I I know that this is the this is it this year. The the tour ends in December. Um, I mean, unless this record, you know, somehow lightning strikes and and again, and we have a huge success on it, which you know is obviously the chances of that are you know one in nine hundred million. Um, so I think for me, it's it's really this is the this is the last year of it. Um, and I have, you know, some producer gigs I'm doing next year. Yeah. Um, I have a foundation that I'm focused on, which is called Riptide Society. And that's going to take up a lot of my time next year. That's for at-risk youth and young adults in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. We're trying to make some changes there. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll still be involved somehow in the music industry. I'm not really sure what, you know, the long term of that's going to be, but I'm, I'm launching a bourbon next year. I'm launching a tequila cool. in two years. So I, you know, I, I'm doing everything that an old man's supposed to do and, <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully I'm going to have some fun with it. Yeah. And to your point, like producer gigs, uh, that's maybe that's a little shorter commitment than, uh, let's hit the road <laughs> for six months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, fly out to a studio for a few weeks. That's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah i mean I, there's a band that wants me to come to london to make a record and and you know i i that's something conversation i'm gonna have to ask my wife about but you know i mean i think two weeks or three weeks away is gonna be all right yeah that's not so bad <laughs> little tighter time frame um yeah. i wanted to ask so i to dial things back you know looking back in the past so one of the my favorite things that i've read in the last several years is mark yarm's book uh, everybody loves our town and Candlebox was a big and interesting part of that book because uh, you guys being from Seattle, but having just a different path, different experience than some of the other bands was really interesting. And I just, I loved the parts of the book that you guys were in, kind of taking it through your perspective of how all of that stuff uh, played out for you guys in just a different, different time. So I, having been a fan of you guys and a fan of that book too, I just wondered what your did you read the whole book? What was your perception of it? It was just a really interesting look back at that time, that place, and all those things that happened. Yeah, I did. I, I, I and and I really appreciated Mark's approach um, and and the time that he spent in explaining the Candlebox story. I mean, you know, we were the redheaded stepchild of that music scene, and um, and it was a you know it was a hard place to be as a band because you know to have people in your hometown say, oh, they're not from here, or you know, they came out of nowhere. I mean, we just happened to be. 16 years old when all those bands were 20 and 21 right. and um 
and Pete was playing in bands and Barty was playing in bands and Scott was playing in bands and I was playing drums in some bands. I mean, it, we were busy in the city. We just, um, we just weren't in that community. We were, you know, the JV freshman of a, you know, senior volleyball team or something, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it was very clicky, you know, Seattle was incredibly sure. clicky. And I think that that's one of the great things that Mark um, kind of gets across in the book is that, you know, if you weren't in, if you weren't in with that mix, you weren't going to be in that mix. It wasn't going to happen. And and I really appreciated Mark's um, approach towards telling our story. And, and, and I love talking with him. He was a really, really fun person to talk to and, and very interesting. And I think it tells the story of Seattle. There's another one that I really love that we're not in. in it's the, the um, Mark Lanigan book, Reach Backwards and Weep. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can really find out what that city was about and what these characters were and what they meant to one another. Seattle was a beautiful city. I mean, listen, Omaha's got a, a very similar story with some of the bands that have come out of there. You know, I'm a huge Kona Obras fan. Yeah. And um, and I and I love um I love his approach towards songwriting and I love his approach towards the community of musicians that he supports there. And mm-hmm. um, but there's also the outsiders in in Omaha, you know, and and that's a beautiful thing to to be the outsider in a in a small community of musicians. Sometimes gives you a little bit more um, uh, clarity as to what right. it is that you should do as an artist. And you know, when you're mixed up in that world, you know, I Lane was a very good friend of mine. Chris mm-hmm. was a very good friend of mine. Um, Dave Grohl is still a very good friend of mine. Um, Andy was the most spectacular rock star that ever came out of Seattle that didn't see, you know, nearly the success that he should have. Um, I'm very fortunate to have known those guys, but I'm also very fortunate not to have lived in um, their world. That's a very, very dark world that was going on in Seattle at the time. I mean, luckily I was a, you know, a teenage kid that had the, you know, um, the wherewithal to, kind of avoid that at all costs you know and uh, but I miss those guys every day you know and I listen to that music all the time and and those are special moments for me and and that history of of Seattle is is um, I mean it's been told a million times but it continues to be told a million times because it was a very special community of of artists Um, and you know to be included in that book was pretty pretty spectacular to make a long story longer um (laughs) You know, um, yeah, Mark and Mark's a great guy. He really is. A, he he's a, a a great writer and and, a, and mm-hmm. a pretty beautiful human being. If I do, if I say so myself. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that book, and it was one of those I couldn't put down. Just read through the whole thing, and then I've I've also bought copies, recommended to other people because it's just so good. Yeah. Interesting, you brought up Omaha because that's one of the parallels I kept seeing as I'm reading it. Was I'm from here? I've grown up here. I've lived here my entire life, and so yeah, just seeing like how clicky in some way some of that music scene is it's a different i think some of the things that happen in omaha obviously on a little bit different level than what happened on in seattle but just how those things play out relationships how and uh i i will say I, I, i'm sure you saw this too in seattle but fortunate here to have in some level like that level of support uh folks that know each other but there's also those bands that come up and have there's a metal band from here that's really great a lot of people know and the music scene folks don't know them like oh yeah I don't we don't know those guys it's just a different uh different mix but it's interesting to see those parallels in two different places in different times different eras different people yeah well I mean the same thing happened you know same thing happened in Chicago same thing happened in New York same thing happened in Athens Georgia I mean Los Angeles you have these communities where or San Francisco I mean geez the the 60s movement San Francisco I mean 
you're going, you're destined to have greatness, but you're also destined to have this underbelly that's probably better <laughs> that yeah. people don't want to pay attention to because you've already put this one on this pedestal. So, yeah. you know, this one's going to have to stay down here for a little bit. And then when this pedestal gets a little lower, okay, this one can pass it. It's a really strange world being in a rock and roll band. Um, and, and, you know, experiencing it from the beginning and, and seeing where it's ended up. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's just been a really strange trip, but it's been an absolute blast, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I saw you guys are also releasing uh, that seven LP box set, which is a really cool time to do that kind of retrospective thing and look back on uh, your, uh, your past records while you're releasing this last one too. Well, the funny thing about that, that wasn't our decision. No, it wasn't. So <laughs> that was a record label deal. So I, that was the other thing I was going to ask was like, I wonder if that, was planned or coincidence or maybe planned but not by your own design <laughs> no they you know it's it's um it i had approached warner brothers um three years ago about releasing all the vinyl and um they were like no 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 we you know we we're we we don't we're not really interested in doing that and then of course they did they literally <laughs> went and took my idea and and did this and so they contact us and said you know you you're releasing you know your last record so we want to do this and would you guys be a part of it so we were kind of forced into um uh revisiting a lot of the history of the band and a lot of those kind of b-sides and, and outtakes yeah. that we didn't have which was nice um i just wish that we'd had a little more time you know because the vinyl the time constraints are a pain in the ass yeah. and if they had done this three years ago when we had brought it up to them, um, it probably would be an even better package than it's going to be now. Now I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny that it's pretty spectacular. There's a lot of great stuff on this, uh, on this yeah. vinyl collection, but I mean, it could have been, it could have been better. And, and, um, and, you know, we could have remixed and remastered some stuff, but they really didn't give us time. And that's the downside of, of how these, it's why the record industry is where it's at because they just don't yeah. fucking think ahead it's all short term and the long term is is you know is something that i've always kind of that's the game i've always played is let's play the long game let's see where this goes and 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 ends up and they're like oh let's get this out let's get this out let's get this out they rush shit and it's usually fucked up so i don't know i mean i haven't heard it so here i have to yeah. hear how the vinyl sounds did you i'm sure you have you heard the thing with the offspring they uh, the label mm -hmm. pushed out a, a greatest hits and it had the like the clean yeah. version of some of their songs. And they were like, yeah, we're really sorry. This is fucked up. Yeah. No, it's, that was a major fuck up, but that's yeah. what these, this is what, this is the problem with this fucking industry is they just don't fucking pay attention. Yeah. Well, hopefully you don't have anything that major on the, <laughs> on your guys. <laughs> really. Well, Pete, listen, Pete, listened to everything. He said, it sounds great. So okay. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> good, good. Well, and then you guys, uh, depart for tour pretty soon, right? No, I've been out since May 31st. Been out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought there was maybe a final, like a fall lag or something that was kicking off soon. But there I'm, is. We have, we have South America um, kicks off right. in okay. October. Right. And then the, the foundation, my, my charity foundation has the two shows in December. Awesome. Very cool. Well, um, I wish you luck on these final dates. And I look forward to what you see, uh, what we hear from you guys. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. After that. Yeah.
Thanks so much for listening to my talk with Kevin Martin from Candlebox. I had such a great time talking to him. Definitely check out Candlebox's latest album, The Long Goodbye. It's a really good rock record. I really enjoyed it. Uh, also, the band's playing right now what is likely its final tour dates. Uh, as you heard in our conversation, maybe you'll see them a little more next year. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, find some show information and tickets at candleboxrocks.com. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey. Thanks so much for listening to Pops and Hisses. Also, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram as at Omaha Music Guy or on TikTok as the Kevin Coffey. Thank you, as always, for Herd At Media and for them producing the show. So appreciative of Herd At and the crew there. You can find lots more of Herd At's podcasts at herdatmedia.com slash network. That's H-U-R-R-D-A-T media.com. Thanks for listening. See you all next time. A Hoda Media Production.